everyone. Welcome back to Riverdish. I'm your host, Brian Bloomquist, here with my co-host... Sam Gold. Joined today by a very special guest. We're here with Matthew K. Begbie. How are you? Hi. Uh, I'm good. I'm really good. Good. So Matt is a... Uh, you should have to follow him on Twitter. He's a NBC page. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. Uh, I am a writer and playwright. Uh, and I tweet more often than I should. And that's pretty much about me. That's my whole thing. Don't we all? Um, where are you from, originally? I'm from New York. Oh. I'm born and raised here, um, a little bit north of the city, and then... Westchester? Uh, or, like... Um, like, right around Westchester. So, like, the West... General West Point area? Okay. If you are familiar more with the Woodbury Commons, oh. yes. as many New Yorkers are, oh. that's are where I live. Sometimes I hop on those shuttles just for fun, that they yes. try to, like, load tourists on yes. in Times Square. Um, those are the bane of my existence. Uh, growing up there, it was, it was the most terrible thing in the world, um, because you're, just people from all over the world are shuttling into that place, and it's like, trying to just live your life by getting around it is awful. Are you the same with me? I never find that outlet clothes fit me this fit me like oh because it's like slightly too. irregular right and it's like it's just bizarre though because it's like sometimes i think it's in my head right. like i could pay 100 dollars for the same shirt at like the retail store and pay 10 dollars for it at the factory and i'm like that's shit right no absolutely because like i don't know for some reason the outlet clothes are all slightly wrong yeah slightly wrong are you close to Riverdale, New York? Uh, I don't know where Riverdale, New York is. I know where Riverdale the, in the Bronx is. Like I just found whole. out. Oh, my I guess that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right? My no. aunt, my that, aunt no. grew up in Riverdale. I just found out really? two days ago. My aunt used to live in Paris. Oh, oh. all right. Well, okay. Let's talk about the show. <laughs> let's discuss Paris. <laughs> 20 minutes in, just not discuss the episode. Uh, and we have a lot to discuss. Oh, that's a good episode. This is a crazy episode. A lot happened. And a lot didn't happen. There's a lot of kind of uproar on the internet of, like, differing opinions. Did you guys generally like the episode, or are you bothered by the episode's content? I liked the episode a lot. I also... It was the first episode where I started just calling characters on shit. Where I started, like, recognizing yes. problems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll some things kind that. of jumped the gun, and there were some things where I was like, okay... But I yeah. think if you look at it through the lens of this is a soapy teen drama, right. it's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I do agree that we start unearthing the darkness of Riverdale. Oh, yes. Which is an odd thing because they start the series in the pilot saying before Jason's death, it was an idyllic town, everyone was happy, etc. But also, like, there's been a biker gang yeah, there. Like, yeah, there's just some... Like, that just lives there. The... the Drive-in. Drive-in. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to, and not to brag, but remember in our first episode when I pointed out how weird the fact they had a drive-in movie was? You did. Yes, you did. I saw that coming. Mm. But I thought it was closed. Oh, it said closing soon. It was closing soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are like what? It's like a dozen drive-ins in the country at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I went to college for two years in a very small town in Pennsylvania and every single time I would drive to and from that college, they, there was a drive-in, like, right on the main road. No way. And I, the entire time I was like, I need to go. And I dated someone who, like, went upstate in New York, and they, like, went to a drive-in, like, all the time in that small town. I think it's just a, it's like one of those small town that just hasn't moved on type mm-hmm. situations. Right. So maybe this is like a Riverdale is finally kind of being pushed to move on. Yeah, that would make sense, I think. Right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, it it has some political undertones even right. with the the mayor and that shady deals and, and exactly what you're saying like it's a, it's one of those towns that is stuck in the past and like may have voted red. Yeah, I mean you get that from some yeah. of the characters in this episode especially. Yeah, There's some of the sinister, more right leaning right. ways of some of them. Yeah. I think at least. We start, like, any episode of Riverdale with uh, Jughead doing our uh, narration. It is so Terry Terry Bradshaw. Bradshaw. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) And again, just, like, shitty writing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Because he compares the death of Jason Blossom to the drive-in closing, which is, like, (laughs) a little 
little melodramatic. It's like some guy's dead, but like some shit, guy the was movie murdered, and <laughs> the movie theater's movie theater also closing. Maybe the movie theaters have really good movies. That's really sad. Then. They're playing Rebel Without a Cause. It's a great movie. I will say that all of their <laughs> suggestions very early on in the episode were the funniest fucking thing. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were. It was like very um, on brand for all of their characters, like too much. It was one of those things where I was watching, I was like, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can almost hear the writer's room being like, yeah. oh, buddy, that's right. good. <laughs> you know? was like, the talented Mr. Ripley was like, we get it, you're gay, this is murdery. <laughs> <laughs> We're also, um, he also compares the town to uh, Salem, Massachusetts mm. during the witch trials. <laughs> yeah, they which, did it twice throughout yeah. the episode. Which was actually quite true in the last episode, especially in that student lounge scene when right. they were pointing blame oh, at everyone absolutely. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we kind of made it a crucible analogy then. So it was yeah, funny that he compared yeah, it to Salem this episode. Yeah, we're getting Salem Mass. We're getting yeah. into the woods. This mm-hmm. is your fault. Yeah, because it is my name, Jason. It's similar. Um... Speaking of music, mm. we go to uh, uh, Miss Grundy's concert uh, that's being attended by Fred and Archie, which I thought at first, when the shot first came up, I was like, oh no, someone else died. Someone Like, it looks died. very much it like a funeral. Solemn. My favorite is Archie's dad leaning over, she's like, she's incredible. I was like, get <laughs> over this. She's just kind of like awkwardly hunched over and just like playing. Can we set something straight? Awful. She's a terrible musician. She's oh, so awful. bad. She's not good. She's so bad. Like, no, and who plays the cello? I know, I'm sorry. Right? Yo-Yo Ma? Okay, Yo-Yo whatever. Like, no one plays the cello anymore. <laughs> Please. Anyway, what really got me was when Archie's dad's like, you should come to dinner with us. Yeah. To Miss Grundy with Archie. Well, they're both both of those guys are so fucking horny. Mm. They just like, want to pump anything. Yeah. And they're after the same, you know, the way she plays that cello. Yeah. Imagine she'd be like good with her hands. Here's the thing. With what happens in this episode, not to jump ahead, but like with what happens, I started noticing in this episode and the last episode that Archie's dad was like really like infatuated with Miss Grundy. And I kind of assumed we would get a little bit further with that before mm. things came to a head. I did too, Same. and I kind of hoped for it, because that's right. so juicy. Right, you absolutely. Know, the like graduate action, son, like father, woman. Super into it. Yeah. yeah. But we're, it, jumping ahead a, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but I don't are, think it matters. The three of them do end up going to Pops. They do. Yeah. I just don't, I don't think we've seen the last of Miss Grundy. Oh, oh no, no. If we have, it would, then I'm like, then I would really question the writer's room of Riverdale, because I... I definitely agree that, like, I thought we were going to get into the whole Fred-Miss Grundy relationship and that complication, and this then it was, just sort of, like, yeah. she just vanished. Well, yeah. this is also the first episode where I've kind of seen Miss Grundy as a contender for Jason's killer. Oh, for sure. Mm. But also, at the same time, I think they made a point in this episode to really line up a couple individuals to possibly be Jason's killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting more and more yeah. uh, suspects. I think so, and we'll get into that. But at Pops, what happens after they enter? So they enter, uh, Betty, Veronica, Jughead, and Kevin mm-hmm. are all sitting together, uh, and then they're like, oh my god, what are, you know, look at this trio walk in when Fred, Archie, Miss Grundy walk in. Betty immediately is like, I need to set this shit straight. So remember from last episode, the, the whole thing popped up, uh, with the fact that Miss Grundy was at the creek mm-hmm. the day Jason was killed. Yeah, so Betty's investigating. Yeah, because she knows Archie and she's is now keeping a diary. Yes, she is. <sighs> so... Which, the whole thing. It's a whole thing with that diary. Listen, if someone's keeping a diary in a teen drama, you know the first shot of that diary, you know it's going to come back to haunt them in the end. Absolutely. Classic. 100%. Every single time. Every single diary kept in a teen drama mm-hmm. is going and to Betty's be pretty used tight. against them. Yep. So she's meticulously keeping this diary, writing down every detail, every nugget of information that comes in. So not good. Not yeah, That's why I lie in my diaries. Lie. Constantly. Yeah. None of them are all accurate time. or true. Have you guys ever kept diaries? Oh, yeah, but they're all, I'm t- this, they're all lies. I'm a man. So you would just so lie. I really just lean into the whole journal thing. Uh, that means I like bullet well, journal because I'm a gay man, so. Um, <laughs> what would you, you know. like bullet journal about? Oh, it's it's never like what I do during the day. It's always like my feelings about it. Mm. So it's like whether or not I'm feeling okay about my next endeavor in life. So it's very vague. It's oh, it's, that was a point though. That was a point that I made when I started journaling. I never ever wanted it to be about things that happened because I never that? wanted it to be used against me. But you see, Genuinely, that's good. That's right? the way. It to was have always like my. Journal. It was like vague feelings. I very rarely re- mention people. I very very rarely mention like um, 
specific days or specific events. It's it's general. It's very vague. Wow, so when you kill a whole family of five, so you'll never when, know. <laughs> when it comes out that I'm a serial killer, that can't be used against me. That's really smart. All. See, my journals, like, as a kid, it was like, I had chicken nuggets. They were okay. <laughs> but then when I got older, I would try to write about feelings, but I'm right. so emotionless that I would really try, but they would just, like, end up being, like, basically the early manuscript of Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, my God. And it was pretty much a lie, but I don't know. I can't do it. I have the bad habit of buying uh, moleskin notebooks. Mm-hmm. Because I just, like, go in with the intention of, like, you know what? This month I'm going to start journaling. Like, this is going to be it. Because Oprah told me to. And, like, I love the feeling of, like, buying a fresh notebook. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the possibilities of what it's going to bring for me. Uh, And then I'll do it for two days and just give up. Like, I don't have time to write. It's hard. But you know Betty's on so much Adderall that she's probably just like, no, 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 no. You know? Yeah. Betty is a whole thing. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of her high energy, she runs up to the table, is basically like, Archie, I need to talk to you. He's like, bitch, later. She goes, no, now. Mm-hmm. Brings him outside. Uh, he finally confesses that he's... Which surprised me. ...with Miss Grundy. It seemed it very soon. Very quick. Yeah. Very quick. But then again, this whole show's been moving at a slightly fast-paced timeline. Right. So at first I was like, whoa. But then well, it kind of made sense. What what year are they in high school? They're juniors? They're sophomores. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing is... What I found is the the episodes, I think any other general teen drama, like a year of the show is going to be a year of them in school, and it will generally end with like prom or graduation or something. Mm-hmm. I don't think Riverdale is going to be one of those shows because I it's moving so, so quickly. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's going to be like, here are, the, here are the first few weeks. Like each episode has been almost a day. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's very That's, true. I didn't think about that. So You're right, it's, though. you know, like when we get to Christmas time in our time in, in the world, in the real world, I don't think it's gonna be a Christmas episode of Riverdale. No. Well, we see you, Showrunner, season sixteen. They'll finally graduate. <laughs> they will do it. <laughs> they will do finally. it. Which makes me nervous about where the show will head in future seasons. Right. True. Because like the whole, there are like five different plot points in this one episode mm-hmm. that in any other show would have taken up an entire episode of mm-hmm. right of drama. Well, things like Gossip Girl couldn't. Story-wise, couldn't handle moving to college. No. Like they had to. They had all of these characters and all of these uh, ideas of where these characters would be after high school, and then once they got to the college years, they like completely disintegrated. All right, of those and they were things. all in New York. Exactly. Like I guess we'll all go to NYU. I don't know. Um, so I don't really know. They're all going to be at Riverdale or, Community College. Exactly. Exactly. They're all going to be at <laughs> RCC. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. The colors are purple and gold. Writers, uh, hire us to write the college seasons, please. Uh, so after that, after Archie kind of easily confesses, Veronica overhears. I love Veronica because oh, Veronica's just like, get it, girl. Like, okay, she's all that, of you us. know. Yeah. She's like, the yes. every woman. She is <laughs> right. the every woman. Veronica Lodge, the every woman. <laughs> oh my god, the capes that she wears. She's in this so show. many capes. She I love it. Fucking love amazing. it though. Yeah. Iconic. Yeah. I like how they're like, she's from New York. She wears so many capes. <laughs> I mean, we're all sitting here in capes right now. You can't see, but. I'm wearing a very long cape. the podcast. Mine's leopard print. Um, so, so this whole revelation happens, and Betty immediately turns whole. Like, she's like living her life in spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know, she's looking for her Peabody. She's going to go in-depth, uncover this shit. And Archie knows it. He's like, don't do anything rash. Yeah, but, uh, you know, you we're know talking about Betty to. here. Of course. Uh, so she sets up an interview with Miss Grundy under the guise of, uh, like, a getting-to-know-you teacher Q&A thing. But she's, like, super subtle, because, like, one of the first questions she asks is, well, it comes out Miss Grundy mentored uh, Jason Blossom. Which is actually a very, very big development, I think. That's huge. Yeah. Yes, because we already suspected that Miss Grundy has something to do with Jason Blossom's murder. She's a little murder. sneaky. She's a little sneaky, and she has a red-head fetish. Mm-hmm. But she now has been known that she was mentoring Jason Blossom, and she really complimented him. Have you? All right. This is, I swear this has a point, but like, have you seen the most recent season of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Yes. Okay, do you finish it? Yes. Have you watched any of it? Or no, it? no, I can't get through it. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I it's don't want to, I like it's too, no, it's fine. Then. No, no, spoil. There is that Spoiler whole thing alert. with Robert at the end. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see that sort of thing happening with Miss Grundy where she accidentally calls Archie Jason. Like yeah. one of those things where she's like, and it just comes out. 
that that is the scenario. Ooh, that's like, a really they good had idea. a thing, and then Archie has like she moved on to Archie, and it's almost like this like replacement yeah. Jason because he's a redhead. I can he's see in that. the same roles in high school. Like he's he's fulfilling all of those same like little yeah. things that Jason had. Oh, and you can tell she definitely has some feelings towards Jason because she's oh, like, absolutely. he was very gifted. Like, what yeah. a special oh. boy. Also, but then, yeah, we'll get to the, the whole thing at the end. But, yeah, like, oh. the end was a huge tip-off on that, I think. Mm-hmm. So we'll, oh, we'll yeah. get that. But go ahead. But when, you know, she's like, Jason's especially gifted, etc. But then Betty, of course, like, butts in and goes like, oh, he's pretty cute, right? Like, very subtle, Betty. Um, very. Very subtle. Miss Grundy Media says, like, Oh no, she doesn't think of students that way. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but Betty's still on her case. She goes home and Googles. I forget what they called their Google in the show. <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed with different shows and how their search since engines. they can't use oh, Google, yeah. when they you like see rename. a pear instead of an apple on a computer. That yeah. I did notice. That was not the case in this episode. No, uh, not. Uh, Hermione Lodge, I think, right, is using a mm-hmm. Mac. And it's not. just straight up a Mac. It's not like iCarly where it's a pair. You know, it's not iCarly. They're not replacing it. But um, I But they did, did have a fake Google. They did have a fake yeah, Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. Uh, so she uses the fake Google and learns that Geraldine Grundy died. The, the real one. All right, I did make a point. So I don't know if you guys are at all familiar with the comics. Yes. I'm... Not so much familiar, but mm-hmm. I do. Um, I did do a lot of research, and I read them a few times, you know, growing up. So, Geraldine Grundy is like, you know, like an old woman. The image they used is pretty much like what she looked like. The image of the woman who died, the, like she was dressed. It's like this. She was like the white-haired, pinback bun, um, and like the collar. It was very, very just like a old old maid type situation. Yeah. It yeah. was a nice homage to the comics because yeah. people have been questioning the new Miss Grundy. Exactly. And kind of complaining about that. Yeah, I remember so our nice. first episode you were like, because we were talking about mm-hmm. Geraldine and you're like, I can't believe this. Like, they totally CW-fied her mm-hmm. by making her super right. young, sexy. So this is nice to see them poking fun at that, you know? Yeah, and there's still, or maybe there's more to it. I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's poking fun. I think it's, I think it's Purposeful. an identity. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't believe her story. Yeah. So. Yeah. Also, who would wow, be so you don't believe victims of I, I'm sexual calling assault. <laughs> I think that she's a damn liar. Um, no, I do too. <laughs> yeah. I do too. Also, i Which is like sorry. a tough plot point to really like yeah, put no, out in public. She, but she, she did have this moment where she, the camera kind of came behind Archie as she was hugging him after that whole confession. All I could, all I was expecting was her to just kind of like a dead face, but she didn't. She did have kind of a, this almost genuine, like worried look. That being said, it was a worried look, so I don't necessarily know if I believe her. I don't yeah. know. Well, I mean, the biggest thing for me is so Betty and Veronica break into Miss Grundy's car, right. their mm-hmm. second time breaking and entering. I ask, yeah. mm-hmm. and they find out that her real name, she's an ID for Jennifer Gibson. Jennifer Gibson. First of all, if your name was Jen Gibson. Why on earth would you rename yourself Geraldine Grundy? <laughs> Especially like, if you're like this like young hot teacher hot trolling, player? trolling for like young teen boys. You're like, what the fuck? What's gonna get them? Geraldine Grundy. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'd swipe right. Absolutely swipe no right. sense to me. All right, I will say, even as someone who's not very into women, Geraldine Grundy is a very attractive woman. She's, She's so hot. Gorgeous. Oh yes, yeah, of course. Um, the fucking Lolita sunglasses that she wears oh, when yes. she's just like, I can't handle her. Geraldine is asking for it. And she she knows is it. asking But for she it. also has a gun in her glove compartment. Which, for some goddamn reason, Betty took. Betty I don't know why she took the, the gun. No yeah. fucking clue. Why? Why? She's an amateur reporter. <laughs> she's just like, oh, oh, I found... Uh, all right, also, what, what woman hiding from the world in general is going to hide her real identity and a gun in her car. <laughs> Especially when it's a bug, like a Volkswagen buggy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's, first of all, like having so much sex in the car, which if I was going to choose a car to have sex, so much in, sex in that car. I would, I would get a bigger car. Oh my invest God, in right. something a little more comfy. Yeah, there's a sedan. Yeah, a sedan yeah. or like an RV or something. There's nothing conspicuous about her life right now. Like, 
I don't know. And if she's really on the move that much and just packing packing her life up, mm. again, I would just like maybe suggest to her that she look for a bigger car. Absolutely. Because that's a lot to pack in Absolutely. a little bug. It is. But I guess all she needs is a gun and her sunglasses. Her gun, her big heart sunglasses, which is not in any way subtle. Uh, and then her fake ID, just all in the same book compartment. And her gingers. She doesn't gingers. remind me of a Herald Hill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. And now Ryan will lead us in a rendition of 76 trombones focused on Riverdale. <laughs> well, we got trouble, my friends. <laughs> But that's like that's the most innocent way I can think of her, really. In that maybe she really is just a traveling fraud who's right. escaping a past life of hers, or she's uh, a child molester that's going from school to school. Well, she really she that's something that was glazed over mm-hmm. in in an incredible way in this episode. She kind of she's a pedophile, and everyone is kind of just like, mm, all right, she's sorry. Yeah, we'll let her go. She gets away with it. Yeah, and. And I'd, I would excuse it if it wasn't made so clear by her exit when she when the two hotties are walking yeah. by her and she clearly just checks them out, lowers her heart-shaped sunglasses. Wow. And it's made very clear that this wasn't a one-time thing, one time thing with Archie of being attracted to these, these young men that shouldn't be in her grasp. Just real quick, we know she's leaving the school, but... Do we know whether or not she's leaving Riverdale? No. That's the thing, right? They, think, did they make that clear? Or? I think she said... No, I think she said she's leaving Riverdale. But is she? Well, I mean, we don't know. Right. But she promised that she is leaving town. And her car was packed. One thing I'll say... But that's say, quick. Could you imagine in a day, right, like, turning around your whole house and... Well, if you're constantly on the run, it's probably very easy to pack up your entire life. Valid point. Yeah. Mm. One thing I'll say, though, is that... My, rule of TV and also rule of teen dramas, unless you see like definitive proof, like if you see a, unless you see a body, they're not dead. Unless you see someone like actually leave, they're not gone. Like one of those sort of situations. I don't. That's why I don't believe her story so much. Ooh. There's no definitive proof. She's proven to be a shady person. I. There's no. There's nothing to go off of. No, yeah. I don't Even think as she's kind as well. Well, as as a writer. What do you think is the responsibility of a show like Riverdale that's airing for a, a teenage Teens. audience to to not glaze over issues like statutory rape, like we did in this episode? Here's the thing. With the last episode, with the whole slut-shaming thing, and it was so heavy-handed in, in a, probably a good way if it's a super young audience watching it maybe an audience who doesn't know what slut shaming is maybe an audience who doesn't know what like be, what it's gonna be like to to be like cornered and manipulated by just like a popular guy like those are things that um, I think were really important for maybe a young teen audience to hear and as a you know an adult man watching it and being like oh it's a little heavy handed mm-hmm. it's a little it's a little too much that being said this episode didn't it, it really glazed over it. Yeah. And um, we talked about this, uh, not a plug, I promise, but I talked about this on my podcast. My friend, um, I do a Gossip Girl podcast called Hot Guts, but my friend Subscribe. who was on our first episode uh, gave a TED Talk on rape culture and TV and talked about specifically the Gossip Girl pilot because Chuck Bass uh, yeah. tries to rape yeah, yeah, yeah. both Serena and uh, Jenny Humphrey. So uh, we talked about what it, is to be, uh, you know, what or, or what the responsibility of writers is to, to write a show like that, where it's a, this young teen audience, and Chuck is very clearly this swarmy, awful guy in the pilot, but he becomes a romantic interest later on in the show. And it's this same sort of situation. We're kind of introduced to Miss Grundy as this romantic interest, and but it's very clearly not appropriate, and she's also shady as an individual, this episode really glazed over that and, and when it kind of came to a head, when everyone found out what was happening. And the whole situation is like, uh, we talked about, uh, my friend talked about, her name is Alicia Carroll. She did a TED Talk on, on, on rape culture in Boston. And she um, was talking specifically about like the responsibility of writers. And it's this idea that like, you can't, you can't, it, it's almost like you can't have a gun you know, on the stage and then the gun can't go off at the end of the show. Like, the gun has to go off. It has to... Someone has to shoot it. Um, And with this episode, especially in contrast to the last episode, there's a lot of 
weird gray areas. Like, Archie's dad doesn't really even respond to it. Archie's yeah. dad comes up to him and he's like, it's not your fault. It's not a big deal. But at the same time, from what we've learned of Archie's dad, that wouldn't have been his response. Archie's dad probably would have been a bit angrier, right? At both Archie exactly. and Miss Grundy. No one was angry with her. No one no yelled. One no one did she anything. She simply left. She was... did, they were just like, okay, bye. Because yeah. Betty's mom even so was... It wasn't, she wasn't mad at Grundy Mm-mm. for no. taking advantage of Archie. She was looking uh, for revenge for Archie, mm-hmm. trying to hurt him. No, it was handled poorly, I do think. I mean, it basically, the takeaway was there was no repercussions at all for right. Miss Grundy, who basically molested several yeah. children, probably. Yeah. And I think the weird part is that it wasn't. Uh, there, there was no consequence for what she did, but also at the same time, it was more just like, it's, it's fine if you just stop. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if you stop having yeah, sex if you with stop my and underage you son, and you go away, it's fine. Yeah. Which is a very strange way to handle it. Yeah. And even as someone who, who like, is... No, and you know, I think Riverdale also, with these issues, I mean, look at the last episode also right. with the slut-shaming, you know, where Veronica and Betty... To get their they retaliation. Like almost tortured a guy. They almost yeah. boiled a guy alive yeah. in a hot tub. And, like, they got in trouble with the principal and then were living their lives. Like, right. Yeah. I we're think, all liberal serial yeah, killers here ourselves. Yes. But we, we can still look at this TV show and say, eh, maybe I would handle it differently. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's... The show so clearly sets up, though, that we should be rooting for Grundy and Archie's relationship. You know what Do I mean? Do you think, though? Because I think early on, yes. Right. Early on, like, it's romantic, and there's the, that, like, passion. Now, I don't know. I yeah. Now, I think the world of Riverdale has kind of realized, like, this is not cool. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's very interesting having a protagonist who is very invested in it. Like, Archie, Archie is the protagonist of the show, but he, I would not say he's the hero of the show. No. No, not, not at, all. at all. Archie's deeply flawed. Deeply, deeply flawed. Yeah. And, like, not in a fun, like, Hannah Horvath on girls way. Like, he is, he is making, like, bad decisions. Yeah, yeah he has in, issues. Uh, He's yeah. a lost puppy. And he doesn't Definitely. know which way is left, which way is right. Absolutely. And he kind of just follows his heart and never thinks about what he does. And I think it's going to bite him in the ass. We you know? know Archie's a fuckboy, yes? Oh, Archie uh, is such huge, a fuckboy. I hope so. Huge fuckboy. I don't know. He is, all right. The, I was sold, I... I was absolutely sold on the show at the four minute mark of the pilot where yes. Kevin sticks his head out the window and just goes, Archie got hot. And like, <laughs> Archie's taking off his shirt. I was like, I paused it. I was watching it at work. I paused it. I turned to all my coworkers and I was like, Riverdale is very good. Watch <laughs> it. Watch this show. He is a very attractive boy. It was unfortunate. I think this is the first episode so far that we, we didn't get in the shirt with Archie. I we know. So that's unfortunate. I took notice to that and I yeah. was really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was unfortunate timing with uh, Betty's mom, Alice, right? Alice, Alice Cooper. Alice, Cooper. Alice uh, barging in because Archie had just made a good decision to to shut Miss Grundy off. Can we talk about that? By giving the gift right. of a bow. A bow. <laughs> she was like, you can't afford this. And he's like, I, I sold I, my I, I, I don't know how much a bow costs, I'll be honest. <laughs> Listen, like, I looked on Amazon. You can get some very inexpensive bows. <laughs> She's like, you can't afford this. It looks like a nice bow. Though. Also, it's a nice he bow. clearly is not very invested in his music career. <laughs> he's like, I sold my guitar. The one thing that brings me joy in this world. Was it his one guitar? Or, one I, or was it like... But, but how, how did he get multiple he guitars? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't. Yeah, but he gives her this bow, and she's like, ah, oh, thank you, I love you. And then they break up. Yeah, which, she, I, again, was mature of him, like, as, as the sophomore in high school, saying, you know how what, old, honey? How old like, do you think Miss Grundy is? I'm going to say, like, 30. 30, 31? Yeah. yeah. I'd say yeah. that. Okay. She's not, like, like young, cool teacher. She's, like, 30. She's, like, double his age. A yeah. little more than that, yeah. probably. Yeah. We should also make note that the world of Riverdale is very similar to, like, the world of Gospel. We're all... I would say Riverdale is better. Better in that um, you're watching it and you're like, these teens are hot. Like, we had a lot of hot shots of, of Betty in her bra yeah. and her mm-hmm. underwear. Just like, she, they make Betty look really, really sexy. Yeah. They're also 15, 16. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so it's, 
that's interesting as a viewer because it's that, that I think it also happened in in Gossip Girl though they're all like 30 year olds playing these hot teens mm-hmm. but at the same time they're having affairs with older, older people mm-hmm. and like that all happens in, in those CW shows I will say that like as a viewer it's a little weird because at the same time like these kids are hot Oh, they're but, sophomores in high school. But at the same time, like the statutory rape. So thing we're is, all like, Miss Grundy. Thing. We're all Miss Grundy. <laughs> yeah. Us as viewers, we're all Miss Grundy. We're literally sitting here talking about how hot Archie is. We're all sitting here saying, like, he's so hot, we'd all have sex with him. At the same time, we're also saying Miss Grundy is a pedophile. How dare she? Like, it's true. CW, what are you doing to us? <laughs> CW is mind fucking us. CW really is like turning it. us all into <laughs> pedophiles. Yeah. That's really the moral of this podcast. Yes. We are all pedophiles. <laughs> um, I'm going to get that on a jacket. <laughs> we are all pedophiles. Well, we all, yes. We also come in with the knowledge of the age of the actors playing the characters. I under, I, I yes. understand the point. Right. Okay. I, I'm, but, but, I'm very much in agreement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the drive-in movie. And the oh, yes. Yeah. Talk about it, Sam. <laughs> You're so excited. <laughs> okay. Well, it's like a... Uh, I will say... Okay, I'll start. Okay. Um, Riverdale is a busy town. Every episode, which seems to be, like, take place, like, every other day at right. least, like, right. time timeline-wise, is another town town event. Yeah. Know, but I kind of think social. that Riverdale is in the middle of nowhere, so what right. else are they going to do? That's what I it's, think it's, about it's, it. Yeah. The way I pitch Riverdale to people is, like, it's Twin Peaks meets Gilmore Girls yes. in a lot of ways. So it's, Stars Hollow it's, it's this Stars mm-hmm. Hollow, but it's, like, spooky and kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, that fun kind of... Um, otherworldly thing like there's alliteration a lot of character names mm-hmm. and there's like um, these very uh, surreal small town kind of moments mm-hmm. but it's this like Twin Peaks meets Gilmore Girls and these Gilmore Girls moments where like there's just these dumb town events and these dumb town traditions and I can absolutely see it happening if it hasn't already if I'm forgetting something but where things happen and Veronica probably would be like, well, why is this happening? And everyone else is like, that's just the way it is here, <laughs> which could totally be realistic in yeah. this world. It's mm-hmm. just very normal to have these unrealistic uh, town events mm-hmm. and these, these situations. But We like talking a lot about our ideas of fictional Riverdale shops right. within town. Right. Do you have any, like, what would be your Riverdale hang? Because Kevin Riverdale already Hall. introduced us to, in the pilot, he said there's a gay bar called Innuendo. Of course Which, like, we is. really want yes. that to appear on the show at some point. We, but while we're do you have any other fantasies? Giant, we need to talk about Kevin, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Uh, I, I can imagine, so you know how like every small town in shows has like that high-end boutique Yes. That one, that one place where like there, there's culture here. Mm-hmm. I the Kyle by Alien too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have Veronica just like pop in and out of that place once in a while. I would like to see that because Veronica, Veronica doesn't go maybe two scenes without reminding someone that she's from New York mm-hmm. and that she's some high class bitch. <laughs> yeah, so I'd probably do that too. Her even her first. insult to the biker gang, which I thought was gonna. Oh I yes, was, I thought that was gonna. Oh, bite I wrote that down. Ass. Same. What was it? It was like, have, do you know what um, happens when a snake gets stepped on by a Louboutin or something? Yeah, that was variation? it. Do you know what happens to a snake when a Louboutin heel steps on it? It's crazy. What the hell, Veronica? In her um, cape. In her cape. She's wearing a cape in the drive-in. I love her. She's terrible. Uh, it's remarkable what they do with that character. And it's interesting that she would, you know, because I was in the same, I agreed with you when she got up and said that to her biker gang I was right. like oh she's fucked like no, I she, they're gonna do something, something was gonna happen cause yeah. last episode she like she bitched out Chuck and the right. football team but nothing happened but but she was still like shot down there right I do think At Veronica's comments are gonna won. bite her some some point down the line of the show she's gonna get in trouble by her words we've we've jumped to the drive-in we but have. we didn't we didn't touch upon uh, immediately before the drive-in with Kevin's dad. Oh, yes. Sheriff Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, so two things happen before the dad. There's something with Hermione Lodge, and there's something with Kevin. Hermione yes. Lodge, I like her. I'm hesitant to like her. Mm-hmm. Me too. She really uh, reared her head this episode as yeah. a prime suspect. I she think. did. Absolutely. So we She's see her um, on a break from her diner job, which That's Ryan it. loves. She's exchanging, yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool. She's exchanging money with a really seedy character who's tattooed and we haven't seen him before 
but they're involved in some kind of shady deal. And Veronica sees this. Right. And again, we had the Miha moments where we're Ugh. reminded that the two of them are ethnic. Can, oh my god, I wrote that down in my notes. <laughs> I literally wrote, Miha, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. I was like, oh, surprise. They're ethnic. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're Latino. They keep sneaking that in there. The thing is, they're, like, they, they're just like, they're literally just pretty white women who, I guess they can kind of like throw that in they there. They can like pass as Latin. I can That's see, amazing. but like I, once they, as soon as I said it last episode, I was like, oh, okay, I get that. I get it I too, get but now there. it's like, in two episodes now, <laughs> the hashtag me moment. moment. <laughs> hashtag it's when you're reminded <laughs> the character. <laughs> anyway, Veronica the Miha is very, she's a little perturbed by this exchange with her mother and the shady guy with a serpent tattoo. Absolutely. Yeah, and at first, and... and it's almost like Death Eatery. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which kind of took me by surprise in Riverdale. Yeah, they've all got, like, these these, these, um, arm tattoos with snakes, but it's, like, their branding. It's it's their calling. Yeah. It was interesting. I like it. So that happens. We see Jughead, who's still deeply passionate about getting the drive-in... Yeah. The poor thing is so committed to the... He's so he's committed. very interesting. It's actually, that was my favorite little subplot, because it was nice to see him so gung-ho to get something going, you know? Because right. he's Absolutely. sometimes so, like, in his head and his beanie, like... He doesn't generally have storylines. No. I mean, if anything, he's kind of lurking in the background and things happen to him or at him, but mm-hmm. this is the first time we've really seen him have something to do other than just kind of, like, lurk in the shadows and maybe confront someone about yeah. something. Yeah. So Shady Hermione meets with um, Mayor McCoy... Yeah. Josie's mother. We can see any mm. Josie. This there episode, were no pussycats. No. There was not a single pussycat. You're right. I wonder Maybe why they weren't at the drive-in. Right. You'd think that they do like an intro number. Yeah. Yes. They've, a, they've done. A, I will say they've done a fantastic job at throwing in musical numbers every single episode so far. There was none in this one. Not an episode. Not an episode yeah. with a musical number. No. Yeah. Anyway, we learned that um, the lodges have been able to sustain their revenue because um, Hiram Lodge is. Involved in some kind of deal with these gang members. Right. And he is, he has the major share in the drive-in. And he's, right? Is that yeah. Yeah, they're buying. They're buying They're, they're, buying, they're the buying it. So they want to buy it. Which, I don't, if you're living on, like, a, a luxury apartment, Upper West Side, Central Park, living that life that they described, I'm, I'm awful at money. But I think it would be easier to buy a parcel of land in the middle of nowhere right. that's like a dirt field without having to involve a gang in trying to run down its property. I value. don't entirely understand who the hell Hiram Lodge is. He's, yeah. He's, so he was in New York, had shady business deals, is now in jail, but is now kind of wiring money to yeah. his wife to do his business deals. She is from Riverdale, but like, he's not, right? Is that he's the not, situation? No. He's not right. from Riverdale, no. so she is. Why is he invested in buying this land in Riverdale? Well, my thought is he's probably going to be in jail for a little while, so he's trusting his wife to somehow right. sustain his empire. But I have a feeling we're going to see Hiram Lodge. Oh, we'll get to it. Yeah, we're going to see him. That is also one thing I found with, with fun teen dramas. The way to perpetuate drama is to introduce characters without actually introducing them. Mm-hmm. So Polly, Hiram Lodge, all of these people we hear about, we know about, but we don't see them. Mm-hmm. And that's an amazing way to just throw a wrench into the whole thing. That's a great point. If everything comes, like, if Miss Grundy goes away and the murder is solved and everything is magical and, and peaceful at the end of the season, they can immediately throw in more drama by introducing Polly mm-hmm. or by introducing yes. Hiram. They can do those things that's super, super cool. I like having a writer yeah. guest on. I know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> oh my it's God. insightful. <laughs> that's really, really a good it's, point, though. It's really, really smart, I think, mm-hmm. of those like, teen shows to And I do find that they come at the worst moments. Too. Like, maybe oh, Hermione and mm-hmm. Archie's dad will start a relationship and then enter high absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah stuff like that absolutely mm-hmm. and but back back to like why back to the whole sale of the drive-in because mm-hmm. at the end of the episode Hermione is explaining that she needed to sell it to maintain their lifestyle yeah but it's you're... it all it, yeah it is a little great yeah there's something but she's like off. do you like your gucci bags <laughs> Do you yeah. like brunch like <laughs> and John George? Like, suck it up, honey. I'd be like, yeah. okay. I mean, 
I'm terrible at money as well, but there seems to be a better way. Veronica's really invested about it, though. Like, she's she's very involved in the morality of it all. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's... That being said, I don't really understand where that's coming from. Like, no, I don't either. Especially if she was such a bitch we also, in New York. Yeah, we know nothing about her life no. in New York, and I'm assuming she was a huge bitch. I want she's a good a, flashback of her. Maybe a spinoff. She, yeah. Ooh, a spinoff, or even, like, a they go on a road trip. A Carrie Diaries, if you will. Ooh, the Veronica Diaries. Ooh. Maybe a special summer, like, yeah, five even like episode. a flashback episode. What like, is it called? Um, uh, a backdoor pilot. Oh, yeah, 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 I love yeah. that. Something. I mean, we need more insight because it doesn't make sense. I mean, Veronica's turned this new leaf. She cares deeply about her mother. Right. But I want to see bitchy Veronica. I want to see like the the catalyst that caused her to become this new person. I'm so sorry. I keep bringing it up. I just think there are so many parallels between this show and. Gossip. No, there are. Yeah. Because I, it's, it's such a very, very... But the Serenas, when you yes. introduce Serena in the pilot, they're mm-hmm. like, it's the new Serena. She's not a bitch mm-hmm. anymore. She's she's a good girl, and she's trying to like correct her life. Mm-hmm. Reform party girl. But at the same time, like everyone hates her mm-hmm. because of who she was. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we get this in Riverdale with Veronica. She comes in, they're like, oh, she's that bitch from New York. And she's done nothing but be supportive and friendly and kind and like a strong, independent person. No, there's very similar tropes between Gossip Girl and the show, especially in the character development. Mm-hmm. But Veronica's clearly the Blair, mm-hmm. and Betty's clearly the Serena. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least getting the scene with Hermione and Veronica gave us another chance to see Smithers, who's Smithers, the Pembroke's honestly, uh, <laughs> Torman. I just want Smithers more of had him. a great moment where he said something like. She, exactly. Yeah, she said, uh, it's, it's much nicer than an old crone yes. being alone. He said, you're not an old crone. And she's like, it was a joke. And he's like, <laughs> it was of course amazing. it was. Yep, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and just kind of excused himself. <laughs> that poor man. That I want one, man. I want an entire episode. I want a backdoor pilot of Smithers just at home. Oh, I'm on board for that. I am on board. Well, because we've talked about, like, it, it looks like a high-end apartment. But it's mm-hmm. in a tiny, Who else lives in a Riverdale high-end apartment? Oh, yeah. I can see a, a twist with maybe the mayor. And Josie lived in those episodes. Oh, well, that's yeah, the yeah. real housewives of Riverdale. Yeah, honestly. And we did learn Hermione, th- there's some lodge money that they gave to the mayor Absolutely. for. So now we have Shane. And that was that briefcase we saw in the pilot. Right. Here's the thing, though. I don't fully understand why that's a super shady deal. I like, I know she, yeah. she was like, I helped push this deal through. At the same time, buying a piece of land and having the mayor kind of like help. Doesn't have to be something that's underhanded, right? Like the mayor. Right. Maybe it was the involvement of the gangs. Maybe Mayor maybe. Coy knows about it or something. Maybe along the, those lines. Maybe the mayor's involved with the gangs. Maybe. Also, yeah. is time to drain is the swamp. Mr. Mayor in the picture? Is Josie's dad in the picture? Do we not know? Not yet. He's nowhere to be seen. Again, characters that we've not been introduced mm-hmm. to. Amazing. Single mm-hmm. parents. Great. Great. Speaking of parents, Kevin Keller's father. Kevin Keller's father. This is a whole thing. Oh my god. Take it. Take it. You're ready. Okay. All right. I've been holding this in since we walked through the door. (laughs) I am shocked. First off, shocked and appalled. Kevin's having this conversation with his dad, the sheriff, the sheriff of the town, and his dad says, "Like, don't. Are there any? Are there going to be any nice boys at the at the drive-through or something like that? Any nice gay boys?" And then Kevin says something like, no, I'm going Veronica or whatever. I don't know. And then his dad says, don't go cruising tonight in the woods. Something along the lines of like, don't go have sex in the woods tonight, Kevin. What? (laughs) Whose father hasn't told them to do that? Whose father hasn't told them not to cruise in the woods? What the? And then, spoiler alert, Kevin goes and kind of does that with a gang member. This was the first episode where I took a step back and was like, Kevin Keller, you dumb idiot. What the hell? I, I don't know. He was, his, his horniness was confusing. Not confusing, because we've all been there, but he was like, at the drive-in, and we got the shot of him looking at that straight couple making out, and him starting to like, just order stuff, like, by stress eating. He's like, I need a hot dog. We don't have any hot dogs. Of course you don't. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, growing up, Growing up gay in a, a a mostly straight little town, like it was sort of it's sort of just a thing. Like when I go home, I'm not expecting to to meet someone or or have that experience. But and that was the same in high school. But I guess it's different for him, and that's kind of refreshing to see in a way. On One television. thing I'll say 
about Kevin Keller is that I would believe what happened, not believe, it's, uh, it's, I can't suspend my disbelief for this sort of situation, but like, um, this, what happened in this episode with him and the drive-in and his dad even would be very differently contextualized if we didn't already have him and Moose in the pilot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, he's Which going to wake up with some guy and Kevin has that line where he's like, I love closeted guys or something yeah. like that. I don't think, like, I'm sorry, I can't simultaneously believe that Kevin is this small town, repressed, homosexual man at the same time as this, like, he's a very confident, proud gay man out to his father. His father warns him about the the dangers of cruising in the woods. Like, I don't simultaneously believe those two things. Yeah. It's hard to believe, but do you, do you like it? Because in uh, a it was way, the, it's... This was the prime example of the first time where I took a step back and said, like, no, bullshit, bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The characters. I just think it's poor development of this character, because it could go so many places, but this was kind of a cop-out, like, okay, what are you doing? But isn't it... I'm, I, I actually agree, but I'm playing devil's advocate mm-hmm. here. Right. Isn't it refreshing to have a gay teen character on television whose story arc isn't Coming the out. repressed No, it is, but look at, look at Connor and... on How to Get Away with Murder. Like, he is that sexy gay Lothario. Yeah, That's and they deal, they deal with all the things that kind of come with that on mm-hmm. that show as well. They deal yeah. with him being, like, the, the, you know, uh, when he's in a relationship, they deal with the yeah, idea the that, oh, like, everyone likes you, like, everyone's attracted to you, mm-hmm. like, like, that's super easy for you. Um, and then they deal with, you know, HIV, and they right. deal with a lot yeah. of, like, really kind of powerful things that come with being... And I get that Kevin's a lot younger. He's a soft... He's 15. He's... Oh, that's the yeah, other thing. He's... But maybe that's how kids... I mean, we're not, like... We're not old here. Like, you're listening to a podcast. If you could see us, you would see all of our <laughs> wrinkle-free faces. hot. <laughs> but, but, yeah, yeah it was... Tapes. Unless things have changed drastically since I went to high school, it's, like... It's, it is Teenagers a little... Teenagers are horny. I really will say... I don't... Also, I've been watching the show Shit's Creek, which I don't know if you've seen. It's I've been, very fun. Yeah. But it's, again, this small town, like, weird, quirky, small town in the middle of nowhere... And the thing that Riverdale does that kind of is, feels off is very similar to something that I think Shit's Creek gets wrong. The, the, one of the main characters of Shit's Creek is pansexual and like immediately hooks up with um, one of his female friends on the show and then in the second season hooks up with um, a male character on the show. And they have a really good conversation about like being pansexual and everyone's very understanding about it in this small town. At the same time, like... There are very, like a lot of people in the small town are very sexually liberated, and like one of these, one of the housewives is like, "You need to get laid." Basically, I feel like Riverdale is trying to sell us on this. It's a small town, untouched by time, and at the same time, we have this. Everyone's very. It's what seems very liberal, very even um, Betty's mother. Even Betty's mother. Everyone's very like forward as far as sexuality. For example, the Miss Grundy thing. Like, mm-hmm. ever, no one, no one is bothered by it. No. Um, but then Kevin Keller's dad is is also. I don't know. At the same time, they're trying to tell us that this is it's the small town for both of those shows, but and yet everyone in the small town is very liberal. And I think it's an example of like liberal, maybe like L.A. writers, yeah, who are writing small towns. I think there should be some hesitancy toward this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's a little refreshing as a gay man to see it on TV and have people not be hesitant because it's kind of, um, it's it's different from the kinds of narratives we've experienced in the past. I just don't think it's necessarily realistic. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Though it was, I'm not complaining. No, it was, that, a, it was a hot scene. And it was a, it was a very, um, I thought, clever shot of they broke to commercial, then came back and you saw the feet and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, he's getting the, you know, he's getting beat up. Mm-hmm. And then we pan up and see that they're just like going at it, the gang member. And, it's uh, very West Side Story to me. Kevin, yeah. Right? Like a very amateur production though. Yeah, like amateur Red production. Room Studios production of West Side Story. Red Room Studios. <laughs> I would, I would kiss you on the mouth. <laughs> this is the best reference I've heard in my entire life. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. By the way, you're welcome. We're here every week. What you've done? What you've done for the gay community? (laughs) But the gang introduction in Riverdale does feel a little off to me. They just come out of nowhere. uh, Yes, it It does. does Do we think this is random? Do we think they could be involved in murderous activity? I would say 
know from the point of a viewer of teen dramas, just mm-hmm. because it tends to be the people you expect least. Sure. And yeah. I feel like a, a gang, that being said, who knows, because Jason was like tortured right. over the course of a week. So it's very different, I think. I, I, I think Grundy is, is at this point, what front we've been introduced with, she's, she's definitely the front runner. I see her being, but I see it more as like a crime of passion. Jason's murder was clearly something that was, there was a lot of anger there. I think mm-hmm. that the people that we can really consider as front runners are um, Betty's mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That being said, she's phenomenal as an actress. I love her in a lot of things. Oh, I yeah. would yeah. love to not see her go away for a long time because she's a, bit, uh, uh, a murderer. But um, I think Grundy, Grundy seems more like a crime of passion. Betty's mom seems like she would just show up to a, a barn that she was holding that boy in <laughs> and slowly but surely torture that boy. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, who knows? Mm-hmm. Even I think Jason's parents. We haven't seen a we lot of them. Upon them. No. But but if he if Jason was leaving, if Jason was worried about having to leave town, That's and true. we also haven't talked about Cheryl Blossom in this episode, right? Cheryl? I do think another contender could be Betty. I think that she has been After what we saw last episode, absolutely. I think so, for sure. Absolutely. Especially if she's defending her sister, Polly. Polly is also a contender. Although, I don't know if you heard our theory from the last episode, but we think that Polly was pregnant with Jason's child. (gasps) And that he was leaving to either help her or end it or something. And then something happened to end that. Yeah. We need a pregnancy. We do need a pregnancy. There is, but that yeah, seems likely in the storyline. That that seems pretty realistic, and I'm going to stand by that theory. I don't know if you got... I, mean, I know you watch Crazy Axe, but the, there is this season mm. on both Crazy Axe and Jane the Virgin, mm-hmm. there are abortion storylines, mm. which would Crazy Axe was very, very well done. It was very well done, and yeah. almost not touched upon in yeah. Crazy Axe. There was, there was a pregnancy, and it was a very unwanted pregnancy, and they didn't know how to handle it, and they even addressed it earlier on in an episode. They were saying, I can't have an abortion. I'm not a, I'm not a teen girl. Like, I, there's no reason. Like, I'm a grown woman. Why would I have an abortion? And then it just jumped to a scene where the son said, like, the doorbell rang. The son says, I'll get it. You just had an abortion. And that was it. That was the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would make sense to me that... Polly would want to keep it. The mother would want her to abort Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Jason would mm-hmm. want to keep it, leave to start their life together. Absolutely. Right? That, that would make sense. Yeah. It would make that a lot of sense. That would make a lot of sense. So we'll I, see. I think the CW has been very, very um, liberal when it comes to those those sort of things. It's been very No, it's a, it's a tough very topic also to broach on TV. You know? Yeah. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. But those two shows, I mean, they've been handled... I mean, very differently than very differently. Gossip Girl with Blair's pregnancy. Yes. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, the way they handled that was a car crash. Mm-hmm. You know? Very, very different. No, it's tricky. And if there's but a time we need it, it's, it's now. now. Yeah. So we'll Absolutely. see. So, to to wrap up the episode, we get a kind of kind of a shocker. Oh, we, yes. It was heavy. I'm, I'm not... I'm not sure exactly if... Our, so, did we learn that Jughead was living full-time at the yeah. drive-in? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought, but I was like, maybe he just has a crashing Yeah, so there. Jughead tags his name, saying Jughead Jones was here. Was, also, random was, aside, W's. his sister's name is Jellybean. Yes. Yeah, Jughead and Jellybean. What's uh, Jughead's real name? We do know this. We did talk it's, about this. We, we, I've once Googled this. It's a oh, crazy Jer- name. Um, it's, it's, Jer- um, yeah, we learned this last it's an, episode. It's, a, like, it's like Bartholomew party. or something. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like one of those. It's not Bartholomew. But Je- it's Jebediah. Yeah, something like Something wild. So Jellybean's probably code for like... Right. But but the bigger plot twist, and I wanted to ask earlier in our episode, but I didn't want to spoil for this moment, the gentleman that Jughead is speaking to at the end, Mm -hmm. where Jughead says, I always find a way, like I'll find a way Mm -hmm. to get by, is his dad. Who's one of the leaders of the gang. He's the leader of the gang. Is he also, I, I wasn't noticing super quickly, and I wanted to go back and look, but I didn't. Is he also the man who was talking to Hermione? I think so. I think so, yes. So he... Jughead's dad is the leader of the this gang, is involved with Hermione Lodge. Hermione Lodge has some history with Archie's dad. Mm-hmm. Archie's dad, does he have history with Betty's mom? I don't know. I don't we don't know. know, if he, I, don't know. I feel but like I feel like just just well, the we, way we've been set up. I think so. But like they're all connected. She hates him but too much for nothing. Absolutely, yeah. they're all connected. Yes, 
But we learn that Jughead's father is in a gang. He doesn't live at home. He's pretty much homeless by the end of this right. episode. And it's a really, really interesting plot development, to me at least, because well, absolutely. he has this broken family, which could explain so much about his divide with Archie and also his you know, isolation from everyone else in the school. Mm-hmm. Why he spends so much time at Pops. Yeah. That's the only place probably that has free Wi-Fi. Probably. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I wonder where he gets mm-hmm. the money to buy like the burger seats there. From Jelly Bean? Um, what does, what does, I feel like he has a job. He has to have a job, no? Well, well, maybe it was at the movie theater, right? I guess that was definitely it. But so, but it was weird how, I guess they didn't cover that to, like, give us a they shot for at the end. and money, which is probably a, a fantastic gig. Yeah, right? yeah. No wonder he was so upset seeing it go. Yeah, but it was a really big point for Jughead, and we kind Absolutely. of really sympathize with him a lot more now than we ever did before. Absolutely. So, you know probably right that Shannon Purser's Ethel is going to be kind of like love interest of Jughead's mm-hmm. this, yeah. this season. What do we think about that? So you know that in the comics, Jughead was asexual. Yes. He was simultaneously asexual but like in love with Betty. Betty. Yes. Right. Right. So I think it works. I think that Jughead would benefit from a love interest. Right. It'd be interesting to see where his character goes when he has something else to root for other than his book and his, right. his you know... Caring about Archie. Right. So I'm into that. I like that. And I want to see Shannon Purser not just be like a sympathetic, funny character. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Maybe his writing will get better. Maybe. Or maybe. In this episode, so, we did get a little bit of, um, Betty did some of the narration, which oh, I thought yes. was interesting. Maybe we didn't yeah. talk about, um, the reason that they found out about Miss Grundy and Archie is because Mrs. Cooper found Betty's diary. The diary. And the gun. And the gun. Oh, yeah. Which, as soon as she found the diary and then started digging through the drawer. No, no, flip that. She found the gun and then found the diary. Yes, right? yeah. Or, uh, so, when she was putting away the clothes, the old and he was like, is she going to pull out that gun? And then she pulls it out like she's holding up a dead animal. And I actually audibly laughed. I was like, what the hell, Betty? <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Uh, they were also ridiculous. both like in her underwear drawer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what are you doing, Betty? What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, gosh. What was the plan? What was the plan? What was the plan? So it was a really interesting, really loaded episode. Right. So where do we think it will go from here? I don't think Grundy's gone. No. Just right off the bat. I do not think Yes, I agree with that. It was an interesting episode in that it didn't really... It was more of a... Things happened, but it also delved more into character development and not so much the trajectory of Mm -hmm. finding out... Who killed Jason. I agree, but I also do think there's we, things now that will come back, like the gangs are going to have a big part. Absolutely. Also, sorry, mm-hmm. who who removed everything from the yeah. Keller's... Oh, my God. Uh, the murder wall. Yeah, that is so classic. Like, Detective, Veronica Mars, you know, teen. I... This was another dumb moment with Kevin. When Kevin comes in, he's like, nice murder wall to detective. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he's literally solving a crime right now. He is a sheriff in a town solving a murder. Don't mock him for, for doing a murder wall. A lot of Kevin's lines are just pop culture throwaways that yes. are just like, come on. Kevin. You know? Come on. But someone rips up Sheriff Keller's murder yeah. wall. Who do, you, do you think that was the same person who murdered I Jason? Do. I think, but also, mm-hmm. what about this? What if it was not just one person who was in on the Jason murder? What if it was... One thing One thing that I've been thinking about a lot throughout the show is, like, who else would have a motive? Mm-hmm. There's there's no real one. I think, unless Grundy did have a Mrs. Cooper, him, if our theory's right. Mrs. Cooper, mm-hmm. possibly. Betty. Betty, possibly. Polly, Polly, possibly. But, like, otherwise, it's maybe Miss Grundy. And then who else? No one else really has a but motive. But I do think Miss Grundy Cheryl, is too maybe. obvious. Let's talk about Cheryl. Cheryl wasn't really doing anything major except throwing herself into different friend groups this episode. Right. She just like, she's pops and she's like, I'm coming in, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love. She also, what was her line at the beginning with uh, Hermione? Oh. At the, at the, she's such a the bitch to her. She's such like, a bitch. And then Hermione's literally like, money can't buy you class. Elegance is learned, my friend. Yeah, it was yeah. very Countess like, Luann. Yeah, it was. But it also, that was a throwaway line, but we also learned that the Blossoms, when they were in high school with the Lodges, namely Hermione Lodge, was also similar to Cheryl. Yeah. And they were bitchy too. They too-y. all know each other. They all know each other. I think the parents are huge, huge, huge contenders in Me too. the show. I don't think we should count them out. I think Hermione Lodge somehow... Because also, 
They move back to this town very suddenly on the brink of a murder investigation. Right. Mm-hmm. There's something fishy there. Right. Yeah. And we know now that she's a fishy character involved with gang embezzlement dealings. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know. I, yeah, I think that there's there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen very, very shortly. And as we kind of talked about earlier, so much stuff happens per episode. Like mm-hmm. Things develop so quickly. I think that this episode was the first episode where we see Grundy as, a, as someone who really could have been that killer. I think it's the first time that we see Hermione Lodge as someone who be that killer. So things can change super, super quickly. Oh, yes. And I'm excited to see them change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us thank today. Thank you so much. For having you Tell guys. us where we can uh, follow you online. Uh, yes, if you wanted to follow me on Twitter, perhaps you could do so at Matthew K Begley. That is my handle, and that's about it. Otherwise, and his podcast, he has another one about yes, Gossip Girl. Yes, I mentioned. do. I have a podcast about Gossip Girl called Hot Goss. Hot Goss. And you can find the links to that um, by googling Hot Goss Podcast. Well, anyway, Check stay out, tuned guys. for next week. Yeah. If you, I know every podcast asks for this, but it would actually really help if you're listening and enjoying what you're hearing, even if you're not. Go on, write us an iTunes review. It would really help us uh, get more listeners. I'm going to do one immediately after we Oh, yeah, you are. It. Yeah. And uh, you can email us at riverdishpod at gmail.com. Follow us at Riverdish on Twitter. I'm Ryan Bloomquist at Ryan Bloomquist on Twitter. I'm Sam Gold with two Ds. And thanks for listening, guys. Hashtag me, huh? <laughs>